Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. The Houseman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. Y'all, do you coon hunt and bear hunt or are you just strictly bear hunt? Yeah, we uh we coon hunt like when the bear season's out. Mm-hmm. And we'll uh, probably start back in October. We do that mainly with the young dog. We got to take one older dog with us and get the young going. Uh huh. Yeah, and then uh, we hunt about October, November, and then the bear season starts, and then we start back over in January after the bear season's over. Guys, today on the journey, uh, we're going to go up to Madison County, Virginia, which is about a three hour drive from here where I'm at. And I want to tell you about these wonderful people that I met about two, three years ago. Um, I got a text message through Messenger, and Jason Wood Woodward had texted me and asked me if I would be interested in coming up and judging their their APH show. And you guys know that I, I'm a bench show. I'm a master of hounds. Um, so I still stay involved with the UKC stuff. I really enjoy judging dogs confirmation to me is a big part of my breeding program so i accepted the invite uh me and the girls drove up and met jason and katie and we they had a big they had a big showing up there for the it was the aph plot days right for virginia yes it was the dixie classic dixie classic yeah so uh we we judge the dogs they had a lot of dogs i mean there was probably i don't know 20 or 30 there's quite a bit 
had a good showing for the dogs and um you know our relationships kind of carried from there uh this year they invited me down to um, greenville tennessee to do the the breed days down there went down there and judged and i just gotta say before we get this started that i have picked two of the dogs that placed at autumn oaks this year so i'm pretty proud of myself (laughs) you've done very good yes sir yeah so yeah i picked um i picked uh scott's bendy female which i fell in love with when i saw her at your place a couple years ago and i picked your female this year down at eight down at breed days and i see that she go ahead yes she won national grand show champion of opposite sex and for the plot breed and then scott's female won the overall national dual championship yeah so maddie and i had went into the building when they were picking the group that scott was in and maddie's like dad dad that's that's the dog that that you picked and i said i know and we sat there and looked at the dogs and um i noticed one of the dogs there um scott mcbride had a dog a black and tan female on the end that i had noticed and i went down the line and the judge was she had made she had made her loop she had picked up the trophy and mad's like what what's she gonna do and i'm like she's going with scott she's like you think she is and i'm like i I would i said if i was picking like that's the dog i go with and sure enough she walked right over there and give it to scott and i mean i was tickled for him um i mean i you know i give everybody i give pal a rough time about plots and but plots are what started me into hunting that's what i got my start with and even though i i I rag on him pretty hard and some of the other guys around here about their plot dogs you know they're they're kind of um they're kind of a staple for me. I'm partial to them. I can't help it, even though I'm running a bunch of tri-colored Holsteins right now. But, like, there's a place in my heart for a plot dog. And, man, she looked good, and she deserved that win. So kudos to them for that. Yeah, I went on the uh, hunt on that uh, Thursday night um, that Scott won to place and that be able to show that next day. So I was on that hunt with him that night. Oh, awesome! Great. Well, yeah, we drove out, drove out to Shelby, Indiana. It was three dogs in that cast, and he ended up winning the cast with, uh, I think, it was three fifty plus points. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what, and he was showing me some videos up there, and like I said, that's been not this year, not last year, before last. He was showing me some videos. She was young. She was in that year, year and a half range, and like I, I was like, man, if I could get my hands on a dog like that, I'd buy it. Um, because that's, that's what I, you know, what I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, before we get, let's, before we get any deeper into this, um, Jason, you and Katie just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do. Uh, you guys are really big in the, um, the coonhound show world. I mean, Katie travels all over, you know, I, I see your faces on a lot of Facebook feeds and stuff. Um. So just tell us who you are and what you do. Well, my name is Jason Woodward, um, 45 years old, uh, born and raised in Madison, Virginia. Uh, Probably started hunting, coon hunting with my dad, probably, I don't exactly remember the year, but it's probably about as soon as I could walk. 
And he didn't have hot dogs back then. He he had he liked black and tans, so I hunted with some black and tans. And then he had a couple walkers. And and uh, I guess it was back in 1997 I decided I wanted to start bear hunting. So then I ended up getting a female. She came from Jesse Lamb. She was half Leroy Hogg swampland breeding off the old Kelly dog. Mm-hmm. And her bottom side was Pocahontas breeding from Eugene Walker. And uh, I got her started on bear. She was already running rapid when I got her, and that made her an exceptional track dog. And uh, I really liked her, and I ended up making a trip out to Leroy's in Ferdinand, Indiana, and visiting with him for a while. I think that was in 1999, and I bought two pups from him, and that was pretty much my start. And you know, bear wasn't there. They weren't plentiful here in those years that you started. No, there wasn't. No, uh, we didn't have near the bear then, like, like we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, they was two really good dogs that I got from Leroy, and uh, they was kind of they was litter mates, but they really wasn't much alike. The male, he was real slow starting. I called him Tiger, and. Um, I'd say he was probably a little bit over a year old, year and four or five months probably before he started. And the Lily female, she was a real quick starter, but she didn't have the nose that the male had. And uh, But it seemed like once I got Tiger started, like the first time that he went was actually on a babe bear. And it seemed like from then on, you could just take him and turn him loose and he knew what to do. And that, that kind of sold me on them. And I, I raised a few pups here and there. And then in 2005, I bought a male from Jerry Gosnell, Rag Mountain Gray Boy. Mm-hmm. And I asked that into my lines. And I, I, I really like what I got from that. And is that so, is uh, that your line still today? Yeah. Yeah, I got that still today. Uh, it's on back in there pretty good, but it's it's there. Um uh, I made a really good cross on Gray Boy to a daughter of my tiger male, and uh, that that clicked really good. Six months old, they would run and tree their own bear. Oh wow! But far as I know, there's only one living dog from that litter today, and I got that there at the house. Hmm. Well, and Katie, what about you? Tell us your story. So I started coon hunting with my dad. Um, we hunted Redbone, and I had never went bear hunting um, before until I met Jason around 2012. Um, but before that, I got my first Redbone show dog around 2007, I'd say, and she was just a local level show dog. And I ended up getting something a little better around probably i don't know 2009 and then we raised a litter of pups off of her and got some more national level dogs and then i kind of just lost interest in the red bones and showing and i started bear hunting more and then we got the nikita dog in 2016 and that's when i really wanted to like be more involved with the plots mm-hmm. that that started my love for the plots 
And she was from Dan and Jonah Place. Where are they out of? They're out of Wisconsin. Okay. So he had, Jason had went hunting with them a um, couple times, and they sent one of their puppies down here and fell in love with her. And that's actually how I got started in showing the plot. We showed and bear hunted her. Yeah, okay, and I, for some reason, it seems like I've either seen that dog or maybe I, I've just heard you guys talk about it. Yeah, her first big win was she won overall champion female at Grand American. And we, I mean, she she was at the time one of our best bear dogs. Still is one of our best bear dogs. Um, and we just got really lucky with her. Yeah, I think, you know, for me, having a dog that actually does does what it's supposed to in the woods and can win on a bench is like um it's like the perfect storm for me like that's something yeah like that that's what we should all strive for i mean i know that that may cause hard feelings or whatever but you know i i I like the concept of yep it performs in the woods and it also looks good that's something i want to breed to or that's something that i want something out of that can perform in both i agree and uh i mean the hunting entry is endured does hurt her now um but she did really really well before she got injured in the woods what what happened to her um so we were hunting and uh the bear came down the tree and of course they got into a tussle and it punctured her lungs Mm. and broke a couple ribs like we didn't know if we'd get her out of the woods we ended up having to carry her out rushing her to the emergency vet and she was out for probably two months Mm mm-hmm and I mean, she came back, but she—you can tell where she's like it affected her gait a little bit, and she has kind of a hole on her side. Even though it's healed, you can still see the hole. Well, because the ribs never form back. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've... I think. I think that I always, most time, try to brand my fire dogs on their hip. Mm-hmm. Like put a jw on it and she'll go to these bench shows and confirmation shows and people will say what is that on that dog's hip i don't know how many times i've had to explain that to people what that actually is the freeze brand yeah yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. if i keep a dog if he's gonna if he's gonna he's gonna stay at my place then i i put a h in their ear um and i of course i don't show like you guys so it doesn't affect mine but i feel like they're gonna have to cut their whole ear off to get away with that one so <laughs> but what's what's funny about it is the bench show people i don't know i don't know if it's, if, if it's the correct word to say but they don't really recognize that as being something it needs to be but it seems funny that the confirmation side really respects that the journey on houndsman xp has teamed up with one tdc This dual-action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve 
our dog's health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on the journey. Mm-hmm. Well, they know that dog holds value. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and like we, and like we said all along, we don't brand dogs, you know, just to be branding them. They've got to earn the brand. If they got a brand, they're staying. Yep, that's exactly right. I've got uh, I've cut three in my kennel right now that. Uh, I, when I branded the last time, I didn't brand them because I wasn't sure. Well, I just didn't know. I'm like, you know, and a lot of people, they don't want to buy a dog off of you and it have a big H plastered on its ear. So, right. but I've got three, um, two of them's earned or keep. So two of them will get branded after season goes out and we'll, we'll move forward. So <clears throat> you guys tell us a little bit, y'all are heavily involved in the, the the APA talk to us about that talk to us about what your um your place is what you do and what you guys are what your future plans are well i have been attending the american plot association breed days event since 1998 and so far have not missed a year on it so that's kind of what i plan my vacation around I mean, if that's what you want to call it, but um, I just mainly volunteer, just do what I can do to help them out. Uh, my wife, Katie, she's the vice president. She can tell you more about that part. But uh, I guess it's been about six years ago now. Our club, our local coon club, was just kind of sitting vacant and wasn't nobody really doing anything with it. And Katie's dad, Rob Jenkins, he was the president at the time. And I spoke with him. I said, how about... If I can get David Williams, which he's the president of APA, on board with doing a Dixie Classic event at our club to start things back up for us, would y'all be interested in doing that? And he said, yeah, if you can get that done. So that was actually a big kickstart back off for the Orange County Coon Hunters Association when we held that first Dixie Classic six years ago. And uh, so David got on board with it. He made things happen. I mean, we got the wheels turning, and we actually held the event within a month of when I first contacted him about it. And we held all the barbains there at our club and field trial, of course, the water race and event shows. And now we've added a confirmation show there. And I think they're talking about doing a confirmation show also down at Breed Days this year, too, along with the event show. Nice. So, uh, yeah, so I've, I've been in, I guess you'd say, involved since 1998. I, I volunteer where I can. I can hold an office since Katie's in as an officer. Because mm-hmm. be a conflict of interest or whatever, but I just volunteer what I can. I'm, I really like the APA and support them all that, I, all that I can. And it's a really good organization. It's uh, for the big game hunters. I'm a member of the National Pothound Association, too, and I'm uh, support both of them but to me it just kind of seems like the NPHA is a little bit more towards the coon hunting side and I think that's where the APA comes in as being like the big game hunter side 
Do you like to be outside like I do? Hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user for years. It's the one app that I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, bedding areas, feeding areas, and the list goes on. In my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. Last year, while hiking Yellowstone, I used Onyx to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on Onyx. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. Onyx has so many great features and tools, you can literally use it in your everyday life. It is, by far, the best mapping app on the market. And hey, it's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to Onyx, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with Onyx and know where you stand. But yeah, I've been there since they held uh, that event. The first one I went to was located in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then they it got so big there where they was parking out on the highway and they had to move it. Then we went to, uh, I think it was Gaffney over that way. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they had held it there for quite a few years and then it got really big for there too so then we found uh greenville tennessee down there and that seems like it's worked out pretty good got the motels on grounds it's just real handy place big big spot you can kind of spread out and it's a big family reunion every year is what it is i mean it's it's a plot reunion where you and you don't have to have a plot to be there just any big game hunt yeah and that's what's good about it. any big game hound can compete. It don't matter whether it's a plot or red bone, red tick, black and tan, walker, whatever. Actually, when I was standing in there at the shelter to do the show this year, <clears throat> I seen some blue dogs coming up to the to the tree where they were doing the. I guess it was the dash race or whatever. Um, they had come in there and was tr- they was at the tree right behind where we were standing. So it was a pile of people there and a pile of dogs. That's for sure. Yeah, it was. It, it seems to grow every year, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it's been a couple. I'd went a uh, year before last, I guess I went, and um, went down there and peeled around a little bit. And then last year, I had to work. Couldn't get off to go. And then this year, you guys invited me down, so I come down and, and went. But, I, I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy, like you said, I enjoy seeing people that I don't see all the time and um, you know, talking and, and meeting people. I mean, that's my probably my favorite part of it. So, yeah, and actually, uh, Katie and I's wedding was planned around the breed day. No, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So, this was the third weekend in March, and uh, that's why I told her we would plan our wedding around that, and that would be our get away every year for our anniversary so our wedding was planned around breed day <laughs> well you better be glad she enjoys it that's for sure <laughs> i tell him don't tell that story to anybody he sounds like a cheapskate <laughs> <laughs> so so katie how did you tell us your how did you get involved with with them and how did you become the vice president and and what are some things that you guys are 
um, looking forward to in the future and stuff like that? So I actually didn't go to my first breed days until um, we got married the weekend before, and then we went to Gatlinburg, and then we went to breed day. So that was my first breed days in 2012. I mean, yeah, 2012. And... um, or 2017. Yeah, 2017. I don't even know what year we got there. <laughs> um, and I just enjoyed it. It reminded me of the plot hound autumn oaks. But like you said, there are so many different breeds that participate now. It's not just plots. And um, just the camaraderie. And then I started volunteering and getting involved. And I ran for vice president. So I've been the vice president for the 2022-2023 period. Um, I'm not running this year, but I am running as a board of director. Um, we have breed days as a UKC licensed event now. And we have the non-licensed events. And then we have a Dixie Classic. And then we take our store to the Wisconsin Bear Hunters Convention and the Tennessee Bear Hunters Convention. And then we also have the hog bay at Hickory Crossing still. And that normally happens in late April in Georgia. And do you go to, do you go to all of those events? I do not. We just make it to the breed days and the Dixie Classic. I'd love to go to the hog bay at Hickory Crossing because I've heard that's a lot of fun. Um, but we haven't made it down there. Right. So what? How will your role change if you go if you get elected to the board? How will it change from vice president to the board? It really won't change too much. Um, I did keep the trailer, and we sell clothing items and memberships all year round. Like I never imagined how busy it would be, but that trailer stays busy with selling items. So I pretty much kept that as vice president. Um, so that's probably the only thing that'll change. Well, but we have about 600 members right now. And the most members come from Wisconsin and North Carolina. Really? Yeah. I would think that West Virginia would have been in there. I know. Tennessee? And Tennessee is a close third. But West Virginia actually has less members than Virginia. Oh, wow. That's I know. surprising. Yeah, I thought so, too. But this year, um, for 2022 Breed Days, we did a new thing called the Best of the Best Bay-Off. So it's actually a cash prize involved now. Um, they take the first place Bay winners and put them up and they do a bay off and they have three different judges and whoever wins that gets a cash prize now. So that's another incentive for the bear hunter. Oh, wow. Well, and that it does, it can be any breed, right? Right. It can be any breed. Um, and it's also another incentive to keep it happens. That's the last thing that happens on Saturday now. I got you. And I believe, I believe the cash prize was $500. Wow, well, that's yeah, that's a good incentive. Yes, um, so lodging is available for breed days. It's a first come first serve basis, and we normally take reservations 
or reservation request because it's a limited basis. New Year's Eve of each year via Facebook. What page is that on? It's on the American Pot oh, Association Incorporated Facebook. I got you. Well, and I was going to say, um, you know, I know just the several times that I've been around you guys up at your your club and, of course, down in Tennessee, you guys are extremely busy. Like, y'all are heavily involved in everything that's going on. I mean, you were running back and forth doing this and doing that. You know, Jason sat there with me and helped take entries for the bench show. Um, like, does it take does that take the fun away from you guys? Because y'all were like, I mean, y'all were like the hub. I think it doesn't really take the fun away because we enjoy it. But I think it takes the being able to sit down and like actually interact with people. Because I feel like when we interact and have a conversation with people because we're study moving <laughs> right and i mean i know like at autumn oaks you know y'all come by but it was late in the evening everybody had pretty much cleared out and i mean there may have been some stragglers through there with you guys but it was pretty much you guys and maybe one or two others so y'all you know y'all had probably been been at it all day there too yeah that's the hard thing with autumn oaks because the vendors close at six and by the time you get out from the show building at two or three and take care of your animals and then you finally get to go look around it's like everybody's shutting down <laughs> yeah so how was the autumn oaks experience this year i know like i said i know your little female won the national like what else did you have going on what were you guys doing did you have any other dogs there we took six dogs this year um we had two of our young males there and Jason actually won best of breed in the open class with one of those. It's, she's He's actually off of Donner, um, Scott and Connie Hogan's male dog, and then our Nikita female, mm -hmm. um, a literary raised in 2021. And then um, I showed Batman. He didn't win, but he lost to his half-brother, so that was still a win for the kind of our little group and then um carrie she ended up winning national grand plot hound so that was really exciting that was something i hadn't won before her sister won it last year she won opposite sex but she didn't win you know the whole plot hound thing but carrie won the whole thing for the plots and that was super exciting yeah i, I liked her when i seen her in tennessee and i think um hunter was showing her um, yeah, yeah I, I think Hunter was showing her and I mean, I really liked her. Um, like, you know, I, she, she was the nicest dog there. And if I remember right, like you had, you were showing, you and Hunter both were showing the brothers, right? Or yeah. was he, or was Hunter showing a brother for somebody else? Yeah. So I showed Batman and then Hunter showed Tim, which is a littermate brother to Batman mm -hmm. and I think you were in between them both. You were like, they're so similar. <laughs> they were. I mean, you, I could, I knew. As soon as y'all put them up, I said, there's littermates. <laughs> like, I knew. Like, yeah. I knew immediately that they were kin. Like, there was no doubt about it. Yeah. You could have went either way. They're, yes. Those were nice. Yes. Yes, they were. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, let's talk a little hunting. 
unless there's something else that you guys want to talk about as far as the APA, um, anything like that that you want to touch on before we move on? I think we pretty much covered it all pretty good. I am disappointed. You guys from West Virginia got to get involved, man. I thought you guys would be leading the race on those memberships. Like, I'm yeah, I, I thought it would be a huge membership from West Virginia, West Virginia. But when we got to looking at it, I I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's kind of like, I mean that's like plot country. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean <clears throat> it is. I mean you, you know, the Walkers have been up there forever, and um. In fact, the last plot I had uh, was my buddy give him to me, a puppy, give me a puppy. And I kept him until he was about 14, 15 months old. And I ended up, I, I give him back. I'm like, listen, he's just not going to suit me. But he was out of a, uh, his mother, the pup's mother was the redwood bred. And the female went back to uh, Eugene stuff. And I don't remember which one. So... I had that nice looking dog too. Really nice looking dog. Had a good blocky head on him. You know, good hanging ear. Eyes were, you know, a lot of plot eyes have those. Um, I don't know what you look. The the brown that looks like the ghost. <laughs> the ghost yeah. eyes is what I call them. Um, he had a, he had a real good dark eye. I mean, he he's a brindled up dog. Looked good, but yeah, he just I I couldn't get him to do nothing. Like he maybe if I'd have kept him a little longer, but. He, he, I couldn't even do that. But at, the last dog I had went back to some of their stuff. So, right. So, hunting. So, let's talk about the hunting. You guys, you guys actually bear hunt. And I am so, like, I am, like, it, I'm, a, I'm over the moon that you guys are hunting your show dogs. Like, that, I mean, that's phenomenal. And you, you guys are actually, y'all coon hunt your young dogs. So you're kind of doing everything with these dogs, correct? Yeah, we spent a lot of time. People would not realize how much time we spent with these hounds every evening. I mean, uh, conditioning them, uh, like you said, hunting them. And with the shows, you got to keep the nails trimmed pretty short. That can be a task with the plot hound. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and then before the shows, she has to bathe them all and it's it's a lot to it. Like like I said, we uh we do some coon hunting. We start around well when coon season comes in in Virginia in October, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll hunt our young dogs in that just to get them running a track and tree and some. Yep. And then we'll put them over on bear like in, in our kill season that starts in December, and then after the bear season goes out around the second week of January, probably after Grand American, we'll start back coon hunting until it goes out in March. Right. So well, I guess I'm going to back up because that just kind of provoked a question for me. So what all shows do you guys go to? So you just hit Grand America. Well, you know, we know you went to, we, you go to Autumn Oaks. I know you were at Breed Days. Is there, and I, I'm assuming you guys are qualified for the world? Yes, she is. She does have a dog qualified for the world. She'll probably end up going out there. We go, what's that one in Batesville, Mississippi? The Winter Classic. We mm-hmm. go to that one. Uh, we go to several state shows, and we do some local shows just to try to help the local clubs out, too, because a lot of people overlook that. They'll run to the big ones, which that's all fine and good. Mm-hmm. But without these smaller ones, the big ones wouldn't be a success. 
Yeah. So I think I think it's an important point for people to uh, go to and support their local coon clubs. Yeah, uh, I know that. Um, of course, you know I. I haven't coon hunt. I haven't competition coon hunted since 2004. That's when I stopped. And of course, my I, I started in the law enforcement world in '03, and I just couldn't do it working nights and doing everything else. So I kind of had to, you know, life had adjusted me a little bit. But I know the the clubs here that I used to hunt, um, one of them's just non-existent anymore. The membership dropped, and you know, there's there's nobody here doing it the guys that were running it you know they've gotten up in age and they can't you know they can't maintain it anymore so it's kind of sad to see that but i went to i went to another club here a while back and uh, judged the show for them and i was i was kind of disappointed that they only had seven dogs showing and then I done another club uh, a year ago, and they only had two dogs showing. So, Jason, what you're saying is right. You know, if if you don't support the the little guys, then they're just going to fade away, and then we're not going to have any of it. Exactly. Yep. Our club is very fortunate. Uh, we have, I think, it's around 25 members right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's steady growing. Uh, we're steady signing up different members that comes there and like what we're doing. We try to have something for everybody. We try to put on bear bays for the big game hunters. We try to put on bench shows, confirmation shows, night hunts, uh, water race, and field trial. We try to do it all. And uh, need, we uh, try to get the kids involved. We do kids' bench shows and stuff like that, too. And we're talking about maybe doing the kids' day down at the clubhouse where we we got that real nice pond there and they like to fish so we're talking about maybe doing something with that for a youth day we need to get the youth involved as well too yes that's a that's in any any sport or a a field hunting i don't care what what species what game whatever but yes we we have to um you know our I don't know if you've heard us talk about it or not, but my, the group that I hunt with is a very small group. There's like six or seven of us core guys, and other than one or two of us, everybody's got kids, and I mean, everybody goes. I mean, on Saturdays, yeah. on Saturdays, everybody, it's it's family day, basically. It's family day. And then, all, you know, when they're out for, th- for Christmas, that two weeks they're out for Christmas, they're pretty much with us the whole two weeks hunting, and i mean that's what it's about for me is you know i love the outdoors and then makes it even better that i get to spend the outdoors with my family so exactly yes so this coming year 2024 uh we're gonna our our local coon club there in orange is gonna host the uh, virginia state youth championship nice so we are going to try to make that as big and as good as possible for the youth we're going to be going around looking for some donations for some nice prizes and stuff like that so if anybody listening could help us with that that would be excellent you want to call and donate something or whatever we'd be grateful for it and when is it going to be um it's going to be in i think it's april 
she's looking up the exact date right now, but it's going to be in April of next year. Okay, the spring. Now, yeah. was that not when I was up there doing your, um, y'all's, the the Dixie Classic, was it not in April or May? Yeah. Yes, that that was April. We usually have our Dixie Classic the first weekend in April. Mm-hmm. And the uh, Virginia State Youth will be the second weekend, so it'll be back-to-back weekends of events there at the clubhouse. Nice. Very nice. So while she's looking that up, let's go back to the dog. So when you, you know, I, I firm believe in what you're doing. Um, you know, I used to, to coon hunt my dogs to get them started and then I'd switch them over to bear. I don't have a dog at tree of coon anymore. Um, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't have, you know, I used to have a coon dog with me all the time and now I don't have that. So is that something that you guys have a, a specific dog that you use to to get those pups started, or do you just take your bear dog so you've started on coon and they'll still do it? It's mainly that Nikita female. Mm-hmm. She, she treated her first coon at six months old by herself. And from then on, she's been treating coons, but then I put her right on bear, and she, she really loves that. But she is, I'd say she is the only dog that I have there at the house that I can go out and I can catch a coon with. And then I can go out the next day and she'll, she'll trail me an eight to ten hour old bear track and jump it. So um, she's just an all around good dog. Those are hard to come by nowadays. That's yeah. for sure. And, and she listens just like a kid. I can turn her loose from her kennel she knows it's hunting time she'll go empty out then she'll jump up on the truck when i when the hunt's over i can take her back to the house drop my tailgate she goes right back to her kennel yeah i mean just just a pleasure to hunt and own and to be around so how many dogs are y'all running right now if you don't mind me asking i'm running five dogs on bear right now and then i have several young dogs that i want to start this fall on coon with nikita Mm-hmm. So I got five in the bear pack right now. And how many how many dogs are you showing? She has six total that she shows. She uh-huh. don't show them all every time. She kind of picks and chooses where she wants to show what at. Uh-huh. So but, you're, you, uh, you're, you're basically running a, a – you got about 12 dogs, 14 dogs, kennel. Yep, we yeah. have 14 dogs. That's yeah. exactly where I'm sitting, and I'm sitting in a pile of young dogs that – I'm trying to sort through. I know that <clears throat> that I've got way too many young dogs. That's for sure. Yeah, and people don't realize too. It's a lot of upkeep to a hound. I mean, you got to keep it wormed out every month. You got flea and tick preventative to put on it every month. You got to feed it a really nice dog food and clean up from it and take care of it. It's it's a lot to do. Well, they they pick on me at work, Jason. When I when I leave work, I, I tell everybody, I said, I'm going home to do the chores. And they're like, chores? You got, you got, you live on a farm? I'm like, I live on a dog farm. I mean, time I come in and, and I've got it down to pretty much, I'm sure you guys do too. I've got it down to a science, you know, I come in and I feed and a- after I get everybody fed, I go through and I clean up the pens and then after I get the pens clean, I do the water and it's about a 45 minute job. Rain, yep. snow, sleet, shine. If, whether I'm sick, I don't feel good. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at with what I do. And it, yep. like I said, it's a it's a 45 minute to do it and do it right. Now I can shortcut if it's raining. 
a lot of times when it's raining and i don't have i don't have a roof over my kennels that's that's a huge problem for me that i'm trying i'm going to try to work on this fall um i've got my two police dogs have the um the the roofs that come with the kennel like the but if you guys have them you know the snow weighs them down or the rain will the rain will or what weighed them down and stuff so they're not they're not an end-all fix-all they're they do okay but um yeah. and i keep sunshades up of course i have shade too but i keep sunshades up in the summertime and everything like that but <clears throat> if it's raining a lot of times i'll 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 skip cleaning and i'll do it the next day or if it's not raining too bad i just throw my rain jacket on and go do it but yeah i mean it's it is it's a chore yeah, ours is kenneled out in a wooded holler. I mean, it's a, a beautiful place to put dogs. you got perfect shade tree with all the poplar trees all around. And then we laid down a bit of rock dust. We put wire under that in case you have a digger where can't dig out. But like you said, we don't have roofs over our kennels either, and that's something we probably need to look into doing because it keeps you busy, too, raking the leaves out so you can find their waste. <laughs> yes, it does. And like I said, I the trees are on the end of my kennel so in the middle of it it's kind of open but um but yeah you're right so <clears throat> so katie what is it about the dogs that drives you besides jason <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think i'm i think it's an addiction <laughs> and wanting to get the next you know, prospect and go to the next show. It's always something to look forward to. Like now that Autumn Oaks is over, I didn't enter anything in the world show, but now that Autumn Oaks is over, it's like the next thing is going to be Grand American. We're going to have to get everything ready for that. So it's just always something to look forward to. And raising, we don't raise very many litters because we don't like placing puppies. Like I want to keep them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> you sound like my house. <laughs> yeah, that's why I've got fourteen so, dogs, Katie. Nobody wants yeah. to get rid of anything. Same. <laughs> um. So that that's an exciting part too. Like I've probably the next litter we will have is a litter off of Perry. Um. And of course, we're gonna have to expand the kennel because I want to keep them all. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, that's the same thing I'm in the process of right now. My my little female, um, I've got my little female bred, and like I I don't, I don't have any extra kennel. So when she has pups, I'm gonna have to to expand somehow, some way, figure something out. Which I've already got it planned out. I just got to do it, and I, it's hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to do anything when bear season. Like I know, <laughs> like ever it's. it's- crazy yeah every day that i'm not at work i'm in the woods and like today um i can't i tell you guys uh, well i'll just kind of tell you my day how it went so this morning went up to an area that i normally you know that i hunt a lot and i don't know how if you guys do a lot of rigging but this time of year rigging where i'm at is is pretty productive um mm-hmm. well this morning it was slow so i had made a trip a pretty good trip around the mountain. I mean, pretty good trip. And I had went all the way through, and I turned around, and um, my two buddies were back on the other side of the other mountain. So I was like, well, I'm just going to drive back around to them. 
Well, I got about halfway to them and the dog struck. And well, I just come through there like 30, 40 minutes ago. So anyway, long story short, put the dogs down and it took them about two minutes. My young dogs kind of run in the road a little bit more than I liked. I wasn't real happy with that. My youngest female, of course, I'm hunting. I've got a year, two year and a half olds, two, two and a half year olds. And then I was hunting my four year old. So that's what I was hunting today. And, um, my four-year-old disappeared and the other the, the year and a half old kind of run back and forth in the road she'd go up on the bank and she'd come back and my two two and a half year olds they they disappeared for a little bit one of them showed back up and then went back in the woods well about two minutes into this and the reason i know it was two minutes because i had it on my gopro uh-huh. and um he opens like 200 yards back up the ridge so the bear had never crossed the road he it, it you know they had rigged it from from up there and right. I don't think, I don't think, I went back and watched the video. I don't know that my young dogs, they smelt it, but I don't think they knew the direction. And I think that's what threw mm-hmm. them off. He did because he had turned himself. And man, this is the wonderful thing about hunting hound. Like when he rigged, he turned his body to the direction he wanted to go. And I'm, if you guys rig, you've seen that. Um, so anyway... He he took off. He opened about two hundred yards. Well, they you know they went to him, but he was done checking out of there, and he went all the way up to the top of that ridge, which was a good haul, and cut back across the road. Well, I drive up the road to try to cut him off, or to to get up there to cut to cut them off, and they were all going the opposite way, and I'm like, what in the what in the world is yeah. going on here? Well, my one little female, my two and a half year old female, she come through with him. But she was way behind. He was like literally seven, eight hundred yards by the time she crossed the road. Well, and here's where patience come in because normally I would assume the dogs went backwards and I'd start toning them. Well, I mm-hmm. didn't for whatever reason this morning. I had patience. The Lord was with me. <laughs> and so I just sat there. Well, they all crossed the road and started heading, heading in the same direction. And I'm like, okay, well, they're a half a mile behind by now. So I holler at my buddies. They come around the mountain, and they're going out the side of the north, and it's steep and rough and rocky and ledgy. And um, Spook gets way out the mountain, and he turns and almost comes straight. So I book it down down in between the mountains on the road. And literally, when I get to, to where he's going to cross, the bear runs out in front of me, small bear. So uh-huh. I literally jump out of the truck and catch him. And my thought process was when the other four come through here, I'm going to catch the two older dogs, the two-and-a-half-year-olds, and I'm going to let the one-and-a-half-year-olds run it. I'm just, going mm-hmm. to, I'm just going to let them, you know, training session. That's what I'm going to do. Well, they get into where he cut and comes down the mountain, and they keep going. And I'm like, all right, this is a circus. So I drive back up on the mountain, and... About the time I get back up to where he crossed the road, they start to drop off the mountain. So I turn and I go back down the mountain, but they're a mile from where he come off. Like they're a long ways. And um, mm-hmm. long story short, they come off the mountain um, a couple contour lines and fell treed. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, all right. So I pull back up to the top of the mountain and I walk up 
and I walk out the mountain. It's two. It was two point three miles from my truck to the to the dogs. So you know it's hard on a fat boy. I can tell you that, Lord. <laughs> so I go out the mountain, drop off the mountain, and sure enough, they got a bear. And I, now I'm thinking it was the sow and the cub. I feel yeah. like that um, spook brought the cub out, and they went on with the sow. So I went back in my garment and started looking at the track because they run almost the same track that he did but right where he cut down the mountain they actually had went up a contour line and went around so anyway that that was my day um my knees killed me from walking on off the north of the mountain it's so steep and rocky and rough and uh it's awful and i don't even know where we were going with that yeah i'm you know i'm tickled my the young dogs are I mean, they're doing okay. Um, they all got holes in them that I could pick apart. And I, my buddy told me this evening, he goes, man, you're just too rough on dogs. Well, not like rough physically, <laughs> but like picking them apart. Particular, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I know what I like. I know what I, I want. And, you know, I, I, I have a hard, like, I, I've, had, I've had a couple really nice dogs through my career. And when they set the standards so high, it's like, ugh, you know. I'm, yeah, and you always are going to measure everything to those dogs. Yes, and it's torture. It's absolutely torture. It is, yeah. So, but yeah, that was my day. I don't even know where we were going with that, but that that was the the day that I had, and I'm I'm happy. I got me I got my steps in. It was right at it was actually right at five miles that I walked today. So, I got my. And it's been a lot cooler this week. That's been a blessing yeah and yes and it's supposed to be like this weekend i don't know if y'all are going to hunt this weekend but it's supposed to be nice friday saturday so yeah yeah we we planning on hunting yeah uh, usually uh, towards the end of the bear season i'd be heading off to wisconsin for about two weeks but the last couple of years i haven't been able to go now do you run up there jason where the, the wolves are or are you out of that area it's kind of borderline to where the wolves are. It's up there next to Superior, mm-hmm. Wisconsin. It's in the northwestern corner, kind of where it joins Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I hunt with uh, Mike and Cole Edwards and Dan and Jonah Place up that way. Yeah, and you mentioned them before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they it's, uh, they got a lot of bear up there. Really nice place to hunt. Nice. Gosh, them wolves would scare to, me to death. Yeah, uh on one side of the road, the last time I was up there, they had an issue with a wolf, and uh, I think he took out a couple of dogs. But luck, luckily for our sake, he stayed on that side of the road. But they are up there. And also been to uh, Barraga, Michigan, hunted with uh, Rick Grunch and uh, Brian Smith and his dad, Louie, up that way, too. Um, but that that's a nice place to hunt as well, but they don't seem to have the bear population like Wisconsin has got. Yeah. Well, so talking about bear population, I got to ask you, how is it up in your area? Because I know that, um, did the mange get to you guys or have y'all seen an increase, decrease? What are y'all seeing? For the last couple of years, really two to three years, it's been kind of devastating. I mean, it's, it's kind of took the wind out of your sail, so to speak. You put all this time in a young dog and then you can't find a bear to put it on. Mm-hmm. Luckily, this year, like I've told several people, it's not as good as it has been, but it's, it's better than it has been. 
It's 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 looking up, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Not as good as it used to be, but it's better than it has been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think I think it's looking better. Yeah, we we have been blessed. Um, the I mean, I'm sure. You know, we see a case of mange here and there, and over the you know the the past, I've I've seen it once or twice. We haven't been inundated with it yet, like up in the Shenandoah. Um, and from what I'm hearing from the biologist and some of those guys, that it's kind of stuck at the James River, which is Botetourt and Bedford area, or Botetourt. And I hope it stays on that side and don't come on come on down to us. But our population, um, our population is it has dwindled some we you know i I told a guy this yesterday that and what you and i just talked about it 20 years ago you know catching catching five bear in a year was a good year and yeah you know now you know we're way past that it's 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 really good it's like you said it's good for the dogs you get a lot of exercise a lot of reps in um and it's still better than it's ever been but at the same time, I'm seeing a decline. Um, it used to be that you could go out pretty much every day. There was a there was a five year period where you could go out about every day and catch a bear. Um, and we're not hitting that now. It's every other or every two days. So well, what I started doing back when I started hunting, I kept a log of how many bear that I would tree in training season. And up until, I would say, five years ago, four to five years ago, I was averaging 45 to 50 treed bear every training season. Wow. Now that, that's a month and a half, and I would hunt about every day. Now, the last three years, probably averaging five to six bear. That's, that's how much it had went down with the mean. Wait, wait, wait. So you went from 45 to 50 bear in a season to five bear? Yes, sir. The last two to three years, not counting this year because I haven't totaled that up yet, but I know it's better this year than it has been the last few years. But I went from 45 to 50 bear in training season to five bear the last two years. And now, is that across the board for all the guys hunting? Or I, I I really can't speak for them because I don't know if they kept logs or whatever on what they done. But I've just always liked I'm a numbers type person. Mm-hmm. Just like to keep up with stuff and you can judge a lot by that. And that's what I was going by. Yeah, I'm like you. I I'm, I jot stuff down. Um, yeah, I keep records of, and not not for the bear count. I keep it for the dog's progression. Like yeah, what are my young dogs doing? You know what? What? Where are my dogs at? Um, so I, I log, I log. Even if I mean, if I just get out run, I put it. If I get, if I have a a train wreck, a cluster, I put it. I mean, I do everything. But I'm with you. I, I keep. I like to keep a log so I know. Yeah. So I, I spend some of the time in December hunting uh, the wildlife game commission land up up in Rapidan. Uh huh. Then I hunt some private land, and then I go over to George Washington National Forest over there between uh, Edinburgh and Luray. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And last year over there, I'd say altogether, I hunted probably, it was in between seven and ten days, and I never hit one bear track. Wow. And I, I have never been on that mountain and not hit a bear. 
Well, I don't know what I don't know what it'll be like this year. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the population comes back a little bit. Um, now, I know that you guys don't have a three day season now. Did you have it last year? Yes, we did. Yeah. Um, and I know that one of the big topics in our area is the 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 mature sow kill is like out uh, through the roof not not just a sow but those three and four year old sows that are that are that are actually having cubs like that that kill ratio harvest ratio is through the roof um and you know us as us as hunters we've got to do better managing that because you're you're you can't bear the fruit that's that's feeding you right right exactly yep so it's like when you take a sow out, you're taking actually three to four bear out, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if you look at over a ten year period, yeah. if, you, if you do the ten year the if you just do the five year, if you do a five year plan and she has two cubs a year, I mean, that's ten bear and then by the fourth year her cubs are having cubs. So you can add another five bear on that. So that's fifteen bear in a five year period. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So I mean I don't you know I don't know if people look at it like that but that's for sure and I, I mean I hate that for you guys because I, I don't I never want to go back to those days because at my age I don't know that I could hunt as hard as I did back then I mean I stayed in the woods and I walked a many many mile through the seasons yeah. and never heard a bark. Um, yep, I I know the feeling for the past few years. It's been pretty rough. You kind of question yourself, why am I still in this? But I guess you just love it so much. You you just got to do it. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> well, before we wrap this up, is there anything that you guys want to add, take away, get your input? Well, I'm asking us on to do this. I, I enjoy it. Uh, I would not like for to add to everybody to join the uh, American Plot Association and support them and what they do. They're, it's a great organization run by some really good people. Um, support your local coon club. Just get involved in, in the hound dog industry in any way that you possibly can because we're up against it every day. And people look at numbers the lawmakers and everything else they look at numbers and when you got numbers on your sheets as your members or whatever they're going to look at that and if we can get people to join up and get involved i think the future can be bright but if not i really don't know it's it's kind of up in the air if everything's going on but well i posted a thing yesterday and i stole it from a guy in california that uh, fred bear had put on and it said, "Let me let me pull it up. Let me let me pull it up before I misspeak and say something that is not." But this is the this is the quote that Fred Bear had put: "If you're not working to protect protect hunting, you are working to destroy it." Yep. And you're right. You know, with the times changing, the population in Virginia alone is. I mean, you look back in the 1940s, and we were you know two and a half million people, and. 2023 um, we're over triple that we're at o- over eight eight and a half million people um you know our lands are our, our lands are slipping away the national forest is still here but it's really 
you can't hunt the private land like you used to. It's pushing everybody to the national forest, and there's only so much national forest land that you can hunt. And then it gets overcrowded and, you know, over-pursued and everything else. But um, that's, that's the thing, too, with private land. It seems like where we're located at, northern Virginia, like the northern Virginia counties, uh, they have a real high density of population. And a lot of those, when they retire, they move down to our way. And the land that comes up for sale, none of us locals can afford to buy it. They're the ones that can, but when they move down here, they want to change our way of life to their way of life that they had in the city part. Like if they own one, one acre of land, they think they own a hundred. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's just, it's just, just kind of sad the way that all works out. But and yeah. another thing I would add is for hunters, I don't post much of my hunts, maybe some dogs or something, but I would really watch mm-hmm. what I social media. Yep. Because it can be used as a tool against us all. Yeah. Yeah, we we don't post. Our group really don't post a whole lot of anything um, until after season sometimes. And I, I do a few reels um, for the social media, yeah. but some of those reels are last year, some of them – Maybe this year, like I, I mix and match and that away because, you know, it is what it is. But I'm very uh, clean on what I put on there. Exactly. <clears throat> so, like I, I, I enjoy this sport and I love it a lot and I want to see it around for the younger generation. So that's, that's the only reason why I'm adding this stuff in there is I like to see it preserved. Yeah. Katie, what say you? Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I just want to promote the hounds um, and the hunting in a positive light and anything we can do to get others involved. We were lucky enough to meet the Shiflet family, and hunters don't cost the bug for the bear hunting. So anytime we can get kids involved is a good thing. Yeah, that's like I said, that's our, that's our future. I mean, we've got to get these people involved, the kids involved, and, you know, have them understand you know why we do what we do and <clears throat> like i said my my daughter maddie she loves it probably just as much she loves the dogs and, I, and katie i see that being you um you yeah. know <clears throat> she loves the dogs she loves being out with them she could care less about the animal um, she loves to take pictures and show her friends but that girl's been under I don't know how many trees since she was five years old. She's 14 and I could, I countless trees and not once has she ever asked to harvest one. She don't want to do it. She don't care. She just wants to be there with the dogs. Right. That's, that's me. I actually, I cried the first time I was supposed to shoot one and I did ended up going through (laughs) with it, but I'd rather somebody else take care of that. Yes. I've never seen a fire to die than she shot. Uh, it set up our probably 30 to 45 minutes and i had to calm her down and she was crying i said it's okay kate it's part of life i mean somebody ate it but still it it was used but yeah and, and you know that's something else we preach to our kids like especially in my family um if you're not gonna if you're not gonna reap the harvest then we don't we don't take it if you're not gonna put exactly. it on the table or you're not gonna use it then that's a waste of that animal's life. We don't do it. Yep. Save it to run again. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> well, guys, I 
I really appreciate you taking your time and, and coming on and talking about those things. Um, I've really enjoyed meeting y'all and helping you guys out. And I look for that friendship to continue. So if there's anything my way that I can help you with, you guys got my number, um, text me, call me, whatever. All right. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right, guys, until the next time, thank you for helping us teach, train, and learn.